Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Oh, hi, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, where we have the rare pleasure of watching a terrible movie and then talking about it and saying, you know, this movie wasn't terrible. Go fuck yourselves. Or, nah, you might have been right, but hey, we're still going to talk about it because there's some joy to be had here and maybe some commentary to be made from, you know, your friendly neighborhood two queer ladies, one of whom is not entirely white. Yeah, exactly. That's summed up in a perfect way, Ember. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Thank you Thank you for giving me the space to sum it up in a perfect way. I feel like this was a collaboration of perfection. Mm-hmm. Ember, we watched The Expendables. We did. We <laughs> this, this is not one of the good ones. This is... There's some good parts, though. Oh, Oh, yeah, this is an action movie that that knows exactly what it is, which means that there are, you have lovely explosions, you have lovely, hilarious things to ooh and ah and laugh at, not with, at. But what I didn't tell you coming into this, mm-hmm. because I, I wanted you to experience it fresh. And and for some, like, I, I think to a certain extent, I might have not been, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this movie does make sense and doesn't seem like somebody just took lines and scenes from a bunch of action movie tropes, put them in a hat, shook it up, and then just took them out one by one, and just that's the order they would come in. <laughs> yep. That's this. This is just like word salad action movie movie. Like, and Amber, I, I want to thank you for letting me experience that joy unto myself. Um, it, it, it is, um, you know, listeners, dear listeners, you know me. Mm. I don't give a flying fuck if a movie doesn't make any sense. Like, she doesn't. A, a lot of the reviews we read are like, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, doesn't it though? It's a simple story of like, get going ABC. Like, it, it's really not that hard, folks. But boy, oh boy, this movie. <laughs> I word salad is a really good way to put it. With with scenes in it that that I don't understand why they stayed in the movie. Uh, <laughs> they didn't have anything to do with anything. They didn't. Um, and yeah. they would just cut back and forth between different groups of people having conversations that had nothing to do with the plot or oh. anything, or that really didn't make sense or didn't explain anything. And not. And I mean, again, you know me. I don't want my hand held. I, you mm-hmm. know, leave leave some mystery in there and let me let me piece it together. I'm I'm cool with that. You don't have to just explicitly say every thought that's in your head and everything that's happening and everything that just happened. That tends to piss me off. Right. But this movie somehow manages to do both things. Both. It does both things. To be illogically incomprehensible. Well, I guess it's scene salad. But it, to a certain extent, the scenes themselves are word salad. Yeah. And then simultaneously to set something up where you're like oh okay so you mean that that woman was going to commit suicide because you locked eyes with her and she was on a bridge and she you you knew what she was going to do next and then i knew that she was going to jump oh okay no you so you didn't you didn't want to leave that to to us to just fill that cool 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 cool. they do that a lot too it is (sighs) so just having the joy of experiencing Megan experience this movie for the first time mm-hmm. was enough for me. Yeah. For you, I feel like it might be interesting to see what two queer ladies think of a movie that is uh, was described by Ty Burr of the Boston Globe as Expendables, the closest thing to movie Viagra yet invented. 
Ah, excellent. A lot of, lot of comments about how manly this movie is. This movie is designed to really just appeal to men. A lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of references to how it's like a, an homage to 80s yes. testosterone-fueled machismo. Right. Which I grew up on 80s testosterone-infused machismo movies. Like that Ditto. commando, diehard, etc. Like, yes, that was my... Yes, I watched the the movies that my dad showed to me. So, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched the movies that had explosions and guns and violence. You know, as long as they were PG-13. My mom was very strict. Our movies were not an option until I was 16. Right. That was That was never a concern of my father's. <laughs> Ah, you lucky bastard. (laughs) Could have been exposed to so much more. I mean, still exposed to, like, rape attempts and Uh, horrifying murders. Because, you know, that's acceptable in PG-13. Just I didn't get to hear fuck a lot in that. I feel like that I lacked enrichment in my childhood. Yeah, I'm sorry for that, Ember. I'm glad you've made up for it in your later years. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Ember, can I tell you about this movie? I I don't know. Can, Can you? I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so okay the expendables is about mercs who all wear different hats aka the hat team the various hat squad wearing different hats so you can tell them (laughs) apart when it's when it's time for fight scenes that aren't shot well and it's super dark um we Many times saying about the hat team, hat team, hat team, hat team. team. We don't Um, know who just killed that guy, but he's wearing a floppy hat, so probably it was Randy Couture. (laughs) Hat team, hat team. It really does seem that they were wearing different hats so you could tell them apart because you couldn't see any of their faces in these like dimly lit uh, 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 like fight scenes. Anyway, um, that man's got a beret. It was probably stained thumb. Also, he used a knife, but sometimes Stallone does too. I don't know who that is. Oh wait, I saw his hat. <laughs> <laughs> and Jetly wears a baseball cap, but also Jetly fires a gun more in this movie than we've ever seen him do. Maybe the first time you were saying. I don't. I. It does not occur to me other times when I saw him use a gun, especially not this much. Yeah, You know, like he might pick up a handgun at some point and use it, but it's not like a consistent prolonged scenes of him using a gun is, is, is. It's strange. It's not his. It wrinkled my brain a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's like play to his strong suits. His strong suits are that he can do much better shit than everybody else. That's why he doesn't need a gun. His body is the weapon, Megan. Mm -hmm. He's, he's Nick Cage in Con Air. Oh no, he's, don't, that's. Poor, don't say that about Jet Li. You take felt, that bet and you take it I back felt right awful now. About it. I felt awful about it the second I said it, but it mm-hmm. had already started coming out of he, my mouth. I, it, I do not wish that evil on you, Jet Li. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is some shit that, that Nick Cage said in that movie that his body was a weapon. Or I think yeah. it was the judge who was sentencing him. Oh, maybe. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that shit? Uh, yeah. Amber Hat Team uh, then goes on an incomprehensible mission and has wholly bewildering and inane conversations with each other. And then everything blows up and they murder everybody. Everybody where? Oh, a made-up island off of the Gulf of Mexico? And 
they're trying to stop one guy, but then they need to stop another guy. But then th- there's this girl, and they keep calling her a girl. Um, she's, she's a grown woman. woman. I just want to be just want to be yeah. like grown grown ass woman. Yeah, way too young to be a sex object for Stallone. Yes. But we'll get there. Yeah, um, and so the you know they go back and they rescue her. Blah blah blah. It, it, it tries to get into some like political intrigue, but all of it is is a mess of a of a script and a mess of a of anything that's happening what they blow shit up that's all you really need to know things do go boom lots of fire explosions very clear uh, bad guy cuz he yes. does the the usual bad guy things mhm yeah eric roberts plays monroe the the ex cia or no rogue cia guy who's Ro- now trying to grow his own I think he's both X and Rogue. (laughs) X and Rogue. Listen, we don't have enough (laughs) prefixes for him. He's X and Rogue. He's X and Rogue. (laughs) Yeah, but other movies don't have an X and Rogue CIA Mm -hmm. agent, so. Yeah. And Bruce Willis, who's also an X and or a Rogue and or just a regular. No, no. No, he's regular CIA. He was regular CIA. They were up to hinky shit. And then the X Rogue... Want, just decided to do the hinky shit for himself instead yeah. of for the CIA. Mm-hmm. And the CIA can't hire, can't kill them himself because that's bad publicity, pu- publicity apparently. I think I it know. is a bad public city, yeah. <laughs> and also that it would be admitting that they had paid a military dictator of a Spanish-speaking island. Oh, yeah, they went there. Oh, yes. To oh, of course. grow cocaine? Mm-hmm. To oh, finance right. the CIA black ops, maybe? It's it uh, it's none of that comes into play. Don't it's worry plot about salad. it, everyone. It's 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 plot salad. You CIA, mentioned all the things. CIA ex rogue, cocaine military dictator, daughter of military dictator, revolutionary, good guy, but kind of not good guy, but ultimately good guy, but also mass murderer, anti heroes. Yeah. Fantastic. Amber, what did the critics say about this movie? Uh, what are we at? 45 for the critics and 64 for users. Yeah, um, I'm right around the same thing. I'm 42 for the critics and, oh, it's 64 for the audience. Oh, okay. This is right about the same place. I, yeah. I mean, there shouldn't have been good reviews. It The reviews that are good are scored at 75. So this is, mm-hmm. they're positive reviews and that's that's fine it is a, a lot of the ones in kind of like the 50 to 75 range are like you know what you're getting mm-hmm. it's an action movie testosterone f- filled geared towards you know 80s nostalgia people mentioned dirty dungeon dozen meets inglorious bastards and leathernecks and wild bunch and yeah well a yep. lot of it is you know a review yeah. isn't going to tell you not to see this if you want to see this right yeah yeah uh you know stupid dumb silly um uh, at some point one of the reviews called it man porn at its best mm, oh my okay. yeah. um man porn mm. yeah uh throw back to the 1980s as you were saying um one of them said unnatural but kind of remarkable so yeah um yeah for the most part these reviews are kind of right the the this this movie makes zero sense, and yet there are so many explosions and so many delightful things to laugh at that I think it's still, if you're in that mood, then then go for it. Yep. Testosterone-drenched mess. 
brain-dead male equivalent of Sex in the City 2. I enjoyed that one from the New York oh, Post. Okay, wow. Lou Lemonick. That was that was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he, he, he burned Sex in the City 2 at the same time. Yeah, it's, yeah. Multitasking. Uh, this blurb also amused me. It's, it's from a 38-scored review, Miami Herald, Renee Rodriguez. Jason Statham gives the best performance. Dolph Lundgren gets the best character arc. Terry Crews gets the best gun. Yes, Jet Li does. gets the best kill. You'll know it when you see it. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets the best cameo. And Sylvester Stallone, he gets the blame. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Working your way through the film. That all seemed relatively accurate. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, to be clear, this has all all the people in it, you know. Oh, everyone's in it. Yeah. Everybody's in it. Although, that's not true. We add, uh, I believe, Chuck Norris next time. And then Wesley Snipes the third time. Oh, and probably more than Chuck people. Norris. Van uh, yeah. Dam shows up. Oh, shit. Of course he does. We Scott money. Adkins gets at it. They just keep tacking fellows on. Antonio yeah. Banderas also shows up in the third that's one. That's right. Yeah. It's... What this movie did was was demonstrate that a relatively small budgeted action flick starring very well-known action stars of relatively, you know, advanced-ish age, you know, mm-hmm. above the age of 45, right. can take action tropes, smash them together with the actors, and make Willy kind of a butt ton of money. Yeah. yeah. So really all they need to do is keep doing that, but then throw in fresh action stars to keep it, you know, flavorfully spicy. Yeah, exactly. It it is interesting that um I mean eighty million dollars is is a lot of money. Oh, it yeah. does it does seem kind of small for like you've gotta pay fucking Stallone, Statham, Lee, Lundgren. Austin Couture, Cruz, Rourke. I mean Willis, Bruce Willis, and and uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and for like a second, but um, yeah, you, it is a real to me. It seems like a small budget considering you have to pay all those folks, but eh, you know, it does kind of seem that way, right? Like they come with a price tag, a non insignificant price tag. Even Rourke yeah. is not cheap. He's I mean, yeah. he's a he's a legitimate actor, right? Yes. There was there was one review <laughs> that because Stallone directed this, and oh yes, oh yes he did. Oh fucking boy! I don't know if you could tell that Megan, but they they mentioned you know that scene where there's just that massive close up on Mickey Rourke's face while he tells the 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 reviewer is just like I mean good on him for only breaking away for his reaction shot once and just keeping it tight on him. But also, what is acting doing in this movie? Because mm-hmm. yeah, Rourke true. does pour it into that scene. We got he tears. Does. He does. We got a little. Absolutely. We got a little, little spit. Like he's he's feeling that moment. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He does outact everybody else in this movie for a hundred percent. And another reviewer then said it was disorienting to have <laughs> yeah, that that's scene true. in this movie. How could you do this to us? How could you remind us what acting is in the middle of this? How dare you? Just, ha, you just slapped me in the face with, yeah, no, I know that's what that looks like. That's not happening in the rest of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, no no disagreements uh, from me here, largely, on the critical consensus or the blurbies. The one thing that mm. caught my eye? Yes. NPR reviewer Mark Jenkins, next to the hopelessly inexpressive Stallone and the English-impaired Lee, Statham emerges as the movie's mm. principal wit, English impaired just didn't really strike me as cool or good or accurate. No, that's a terrible thing to say. Jet Li, I mean, one, 
the script is terrible and they give yes. Jitli virtually nothing to say. <laughs> he's basically a punchline who's just, one of the reviewers mentioned this, he's just a punchline who says he keeps, he needs more money and he's small. Mm-hmm. That's just, right. that's, that's, that's yeah. Lee's character. Mm-hmm. That and he's a fucking badass. The yeah. Dolph Lundgren takes out in the first scene. Mm, yeah, but, the, the, yeah, the the most upsetting part of the movie. No one takes down Jet Li, especially not Dolph Lundgren. Are you no, kidding me? Especially not when Lee has a drop on him. That was yeah. the least realistic thing in this movie was that first scene. But yeah, it's Jet Li has been doing English language films for decades. Just because English is not his first language and just because he has an accent does not mean he is fucking English impaired. And even with the shit lines they gave him, he still added puckish sensibility to all of them. Motherfucker can act around this shit dialogue. Right, yes. We will talk about that, but I did not love no, that's, that's... English impaired. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, that is, that is a aggressive statement to say and a racist statement to say when it felt slightly racist yeah hmm. megan amber so uh what'd you what'd you like about this movie oh boy amber um what did i like about this movie i mean there are there are a lot of things i like and and there's some things that are so terrible that i love them um mm. so that's also good um, you mentioned Stallone being the um, uh, a filmer of this movie, director, whatever that's called. Um, he who films of the movie. He who films of the movie. And uh, it is, it, there's so many inexplicable close up on like eyes. So if they're like, if they're reading some information, you don't see the information or like, get visuals of what they're saying, you you see their eyes kind of taking in the information. So close up of Stallone's eyes, close up of Statham's eyes, close up of of uh, <laughs> of Jet Lee's eyes. Like it's just like, oh, okay. And then there was this one point where <laughs> This actor's using these things right now. Yeah. Yeah. And when people were having conversations that uh, it would just be too close. You wouldn't see their whole faces. And then like, they'd kind of be behind somebody. It was very strange. And then there was this one part where I did laugh out loud where uh, <laughs> Stallone threw somebody over him. And so then flips upside down himself. And so that the camera angle is now upside down. So you get a, oh get a Stallone point of view shot. And that's the one time they did it. And I actually would have preferred if they did that several more times because that would have uh, entertained me. Yeah, like if he, uh, like if he threw himself to the ground sideways, the camera would mm -hmm. go sideways. Sideways, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. If he got thrown, then the camera would do a tumble, just like yeah, yeah. That would have been great. Yeah, Um, upside daisy. There goes the camera. Oh, yeah, he did turn upside down to shoot those guys. That's that's true. That is what happened, and. Again, I am not a person who notices this shit very much, but that means that th- the threshold that must be met for me to comment on it is so high that this must be for some people almost not watchable because of the the um, decisions made in uh, the direction and the filming of 
Oh yeah, yes. I do not have an eye. I have I have no eye whatsoever, but I definitely noticed that something was amiss. A lot. It, it was shots were uncomfortable or fuzzy or too close or too long and too dark. Yeah. The the biggest problem I had, like the the most glaring issue I had, was when Jet Li and and Dolph Lundgren have their smackdown oh. in that factory Boy, yes. in the middle of the movie. There's a shot where Lee clearly takes him down, like clotheslines yeah. Lundgren to the ground. Yes. But then the and shot changes to the person who did the clothesline standing over the person who got clotheslined. And suddenly it's Dolph Lundgren and Jet Li's on the ground. It was very confusing and upsetting because it should have been a Jet Li takedown. And Megan and I were both like, oh, yeah, get him. And then all of a sudden he's on the ground. We went back and watched we it We had again. to go back. It was just, it's a mistake of the camera. like it, it, Or it's a mistake of the continuity in, in, the, in the film. Jet Li takes Dolph Lundgren down. And then the next shot is... Jet Li on the ground, and and they just reversed it. Uh, yeah, come on, guys. And and then Jet Li loses that fight again. It makes zero Ooh. sense. No sense whatsoever. Yeah, Jet Li does not need Stallone to save him. No. Jet Li saves his own damn self. Jet Li saves his own damn self from significantly more people than just one Dolph Lundgren. I'm not saying Dolph Lundgren isn't a talented martial artist in his own right, and he's also a very large man. But Jet Li be Jet Li, people. Doesn't need anyone to save him. Amber, I will also just say that, like, the the sound mixing on this was, it was really hard to, like, because we, we talked to each other on, on, on the Xbox and, like, the so having the movie and your volume, and I had to readjust it, I don't know, every single scene, because all of a sudden the music was really loud and their voices were really, really soft, and then I couldn't hear you above the, like, explosions. And Yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a un- uneven Yeah, that's, that's never fun. If you're constantly having to adjust to hear, not that you need to hear the dialogue, but you don't want explosions and music to drown out your ability to think much less hear the beautiful witty things that i'm saying thank you that is my main concern yes. mm-hmm. that's a loss for all of us mm-hmm. um yeah so we'll get to some of my more uh, uh delightful things because they they certainly come usually or most of them come at the later bit of this movie um but but one thing that um happens earlier in the movie is that um uh, Jason Statham comes back um, from from a mission, and he goes to see his his girlfriend, Charisma Carpenter, uh, Lacey, I believe, in the movie. And uh, and man, Amber, when's the last time he's talked to her? Oh my, I. Uh, he's the one person with any any plot outside of the missions and and the the, the Expendables group in general. And this is what they do. He goes home to his girl. You know, and he's brought her a ruby and, and, and that sparkly rosé with the bubbles that she likes. It is clearly very late at night. She is clearly uncomfortable that he's there. She says, hey, you should have called. And he just keeps talking, showing her the ruby and it's, it's all good. And then a guy shows up. And he's like, what's going on, Lace? It's a little late for this. And Statham's like, what the fuck? And you think, oh, man, she, she did him dirty. And then she says... I haven't heard from you for a month. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, he's the asshole. He's the complete asshole. You ghosted on her for a month. We come to learn that she doesn't know what he does as a job. I mean, kind of obviously, if you're a merc, you probably don't let... But, like, meaning that she has very little... They've been together for a year and a half, but he ghosted on her for a month. He doesn't... 
she doesn't know what he does and he hasn't bothered to like even give her a plausible lie i i guess Seems and so. like that that's not a relationship anymore like people that's a booty call motherfucker you dis- yeah. disappear for a month show up late at night with some booze and a fucking ruby and be like let me in baby yeah that's not cool that's you not are cool. a fuck boy sir yeah and charisma carpenter yeah she doesn't need she, she doesn't need help to find somebody else like no. it, it will not take her that long no, you expect that woman to be alone if she does not want to be after you just dis- you are not that special, sir. Yeah. And and you're like, don't you think you hurt her by not talking to her for a month? She probably thought you were fucking dead or just disappeared on her. And it's anyway, he gets mad. Yep, and she apologizes. Because, yeah, it's 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 not good. It just doesn't feel great because it seems like he gets to be the winner in this conversation because, you know. She stepped out on him, who has been gone without a word for a month. And then his final parting word is, he's no good, Lace. And then he speeds off on his motorbike. He just saw this man, this man who didn't threaten him with any violence, this man who seemed unhappy, but... I feel like you would be if some strange guy shows up in the middle of the night and your yeah. girlfriend seems upset. Right, yeah. Seems reasonable. But unfortunately, as it turns out, Guy is an abusive son of a bitch. Right. And I don't even remember why Jason Statham goes to visit her again. I don't know. Maybe I, I would hope I mean, to apologize. Yeah. But and given uh, how that, that turns out, I think not. Yeah. And she's got a bruise on her face. And so they go and they find the boyfriend... And he, Statham beats up the boyfriend and the entire basketball team, you know. Um, and white then, pants. There's something about the fact that he's wearing, like, white linen pants that just makes that scene even better. Because you know, yeah. there's, there's not a scratch on him. He doesn't even get their blood on his pants. No, why would he? Because that's, yeah. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he informs her. he So this woman who you ghosted on, she went out and found somebody else. That guy is an abusive asshole. She got hit by him. And now she's now seen her ex-boyfriend just attack and, like, just take down an entire, like, six-person basketball team. And then he comes back to her and he says, shit, you probably know that line better than I do. What does he say? I do. And I, I just, I want to emphasize his final move is to the guy who punched her, slam his basketball on his chest, then pull out a very large nice knife and stab that into the basketball and deflate it. Mm-hmm. And then say, next time I'll deflate all of your balls. So yep. she, she also saw him simulate stabbing the man. Right. Yes. It was disturbing. After she just was faced with extreme like, yeah. partner violence. violence. Violence and. on her, and now she gets to witness violence on other. Like I, I can't believe that would have felt good. So then he gets on the bike, which is what they used to get there, and says, "I'm not perfect." Oh, sorry. First he says, "This is what I do for a living." You know, since you wanted to know what my job was, you see, you see, I beat that those guys up. That's what I do for a living. I, I brutalize people. Okay, so you're a mass murderer. You're a seriously killer. He, he didn't a, kill anyone. You're right. You're right. You're a bouncer. You're a it's, yeah, MMA really, fighter. You're really a, explain much. Does not. And then he says, in in this hurt voice, 
I'm not perfect, but you should have waited. I'm worth it. It's it's the most, like, just manipulative, abusive fucking shit to this woman who clearly has already had some rough times with you ghosting on her and then getting brutalized by her boyfriend. Like, that is some fucking stupid ass shit to say to that person. That's... It kind of seems like he's saying you brought this on yourself by not being loyal to me. Who disappeared. Woman who is my property. Who I tell nothing to. So he he mistreats her psychologically and emotionally, but at least he never punched her in the face. At least he never hit her. At least he just kept her on the line, wondering where he was and what he's doing. Uh, Yeah. He also makes a weird comment as he's confronting the abuser. Where he says, you shouldn't have punched her. You shouldn't have bruised her face. Her face. Her in the face. Specifically her face. And then something about, I wanted to keep it that way or something. Like, almost almost like you you ruined her pretty face. It was a weird interaction in the specificity of... Oh, you've done it now. You punched her in the face. The yeah. one place. The one. She, all she's got for her is beauty. And you took that away from her. No one will ever want this mess of a woman now. Oh, she's she's broken. I Probably meaning, you know, it was it was apparent. You know, you, you could yeah. see that he'd, he'd yes. done something bad from. But all of it seemed bad. And then, and then, okay, so we're harping on this because, like, that's just gross. And then. The second, and and by second, I mean the only of the two women uh, that are in this movie, um, who is well, uh, technically there's a third. Oh, is there? Oh, remember God. the woman, the, yeah, the woman Mickey on the back O'Rourke's of Mickey woman. Rourke's bike that they Fucking make a, a very clear point of demonstrating. He does not know her name. He does not know her name. He does. So it's sex object, property, abused woman who needs to be rescued. From her deadbeat boyfriend and who Jason Statham is, is the white knight. Sex object, nameless, who the fuck cares, baby, you're just a bike bimbo. I, I don't give a shit. Then we have Giselle um, Eddy, who plays Sandra, who is the the general's daughter, who also gets into, like, like she has a little bit more agency. She seems to be, like, trying to do something. She's she's their, like, contact who wants things in her, um, you know, country to be going better. So, like, she's got a little bit of agency. But again, she gets taken. She gets waterboarded. She gets, like... I'm sorry. She gets waterboarded? Oh, excuse, I'm sorry, Amber. I forgot to tell you there's also waterboarding of a woman in this movie. Why? Because they want to know about the Americans, Amber. They need to know what they know, which is virtually nothing because God. this movie makes no sense. She, yet she truly doesn't know anything. And it, so the big bad guy who's the ex-rogue, the ex-rogue CIA agent controlling the general and wanting to grow cocaine on his island. Cocaine, which they have not grown. They they, they go to a field at one point where there's it's just empty. tilled rows, yep. but there's nothing growing. And ex-rogue CIA man is like, where the fuck are my coca plants? Do you have any idea how long it takes to actually yield cocaine from coca? We're weeks behind, you bastard. So it's, I think it's intended to demonstrate tension between the two of them. But all it seems to show me is that there should not be any cocaine. And then later... There are stacks of cocaine. They, 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 they apparently are not that far behind or they're having trouble selling it or because they've just got like, yeah, walls of it. It's all very confusing, but I digress. 
her part. The ex-rogue CIA agent is pissed at the general for not muzzling his daughter sooner because, you know, she's just betrayed them all. Her betrayal at this point was to make some vague references to an American coming in and her father selling his soul to those Americans. Statham and Stallone have already seen this man and taken pictures of him. Yes. She didn't help them. Then she drives them to a fence around the compound. Again, they could have found it on their own. So she's actually done nothing to aid them. And they gave her no information. And she met none of the other crew, didn't know what their plan was. In fact, what she did know was that Stallone said, this isn't going to work. We're not going to do this. We're leaving. You should come with us. So she did nothing. Her, her main role was to be Stallone's attempt to, to save what was left of his soul yeah. as a mercenary. And she was fiery. Yeah. This this whole, um, we were talking before about Mickey O'Rourke's um, uh, strange actual acting in this movie. It is, um, is the impetus for Stallone to go back to try to save this woman because he wants to save his own soul by going back and uh, and saving this woman. So again, it's it's a it's a woman who needs to get saved. And, and I, I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. The ex-rogue CIA agent and his his henchman Steve Austin in cahoots with the the general and his army are brutalizing the populace and murdering oh, people. Just yes. murdering people. Mm-hmm. Left and right. We we see them shooting people in the head in the beginning. The, the daughter is, in fact, the only one they don't murder outright because she's the general's daughter. She's possibly the safest person on that island. So they're just there to save her, not the entire country of human people who are also suffering. Right. And, and save her, although she decided to stay she could have gone with them when they were first there she had made the decision that she was going to stay yes so they went to go ahead and save her from she's like i don't need to say be saving i want to stay here with my you know with my people and my country because i want to help them and they're like and they still tried to take her with them but then she didn't go with them and so now they're going back and essentially trying to get her again even though she already told them she doesn't want to be gotten and it's very true and their their plan is save her blow the compound which it doesn't seem like their goal is to get rid of the military or the general or ex-rogue cia agent it does seem to just be to save the girl and incidentally they do wind up taking those people out Right. And the only reason that they they end up uh, caring anything about the ex-rogue CIA agent is that he um, decides to, to kind of essentially kidnap um, uh, Giselle, Eddie, and keep her with him. And so he uses her as like some sort of like a bulletproof vest. And the only reason they keep going after him is because he keeps holding on to her. <laughs> If, if um, he had let yeah. her go and left, they would have mm-hmm. let him go. Stallone yeah. was very clear on that point. Yeah, he was let not here the for them. Girl, go, mm-hmm. and you can walk away. Yep. He didn't give a shit about what he was doing on that island. They weren't there to get the money from Bruce Willis. They, because of course Bruce Willis was going to pay them five million dollars to take care of well to take care of the general, but secretly what he wanted him to do was take care of ex rogue. It's so terrible on so many levels of just this woman 
again, being brutalized. She's waterboarded. She's, there's, you know, in, in what looks to be a potential, you know, group rape situation. She's about to be branded by a cigarette before they save her. And then they save her again. And then they sort of incidentally save the island by, I think, killing literally every person in the military. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, um, I'm sure that I'm sure that will make it fine. I'm sure that there won't be any kind of, you know, power vacuum or or th- you know, I, I, the the best way is to just kill everybody in the military, and then you just. It really does transform from a you know well, the, they they always intended to blow up the compound, but they they were going to get her out and then leave the way they came, and then when that doesn't work out, it just becomes about slaughtering everyone. They're not trying to escape anymore. They are going tent to tent and murdering the people inside. It is. It is a mass murder situation. They're going to kill them all. <laughs> yeah, they're going to kill. They were throwing grenades in empty tents just to, I guess, make sure no one was hiding under a fucking bed. I you guess. know? Yep. So the women in this, no, nah, man. No. Nah. Yeah. Not surprising given what it's trying to homage. Mm hmm. And of course, there are no, you know, female action stars to pull from. So, yeah, that's too bad. It is too bad that we don't have any female action stars. Um, not a single midst. one ever. So, yeah, I mean that—that's uh, really on us, Amber. To be fair, there are many fewer than there should be. Well, of course, yes. But could you imagine yeah. Gina Davis in this movie? She just yeah. Beat the shit out of all of them. Mm-hmm. It's—it's it's rough. It's—I don't have any women at all. If this is how you're going to use them, literally use them as I think Megan's Megan's response when she sees you know Sandra is like, I guess it's. Good how she's probably in her 30s and not her 20s, you know, as a sex object for Stallone, since he's, you know, older than that. Yeah. Since he's <laughs> Turns like, out she wasn't He was 20s. like, yeah, 64 in the, when he filmed this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They, At least they, they don't. They, yes, I'm, yeah, exactly what you're going to say. At least they, they, they don't have them actually kiss or be a item at the end. So that... Is nice. It but is it's a, not because she isn't just so, so wet and ready for him. Yeah. yeah. She is so, she really wants it. Right. And it almost seems like his, his, uh, his uh, smugness or something, he, he gets to turn her down. Oh. He's too much of a man, man. He's, 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 he's living the life of a mercenary, a hard ass merc. He can't, he can't have some dame to drag along. He can't be tied down by emotions and family, connections, and softness. No. It's got to stay hard and veiny and mm-hmm. throbbing. Ugh, yeah. He's basically a dick. He's basically yeah. a walking tumescent penis, isn't he? Yeah. Well. Oh, God. Sorry. Yeah. It's very veiny. Thanks, Thanks for that, Amber. You're welcome. Anywho. We do have, you know, relatively fun, if poorly shot, fight scenes. Yeah. Lot and they of don't, explosions. Yeah, lots of explosions. They definitely don't use Jet Li to his uh no. potential even close. Nope. And they don't even add I mean, they've got MMA fighters and, and uh um and wrestlers and you know, they've got Randy Couture and they've got Steve Austin and they have a fight between the two of those folks and then they just like throw a couple punches. I think they push each other and then Steve Austin gets caught on fire. Like they don't even have a real fight between the two of them. People who fucking know how to fight each other. It, it, yeah, yeah. They, they do a bit, but it cuts away a lot to other things. And it's it, it's fine, but it really doesn't seem like they use 
their fight coordinator very well or the abilities of, of their cast very well. And <laughs> it was funny when Austin gets set on fire and is screaming, he's done. He's fully enveloped in flames. Yes. And yet Couture still goes and punches him in the head. <laughs> yeah. I've got a, this guy's covered in gasoline and on fire. Let me just be sure and punch him in the head once. I guess we do always say double tap, but I'm we not do. sure we'd feel that way if they were burning. Right. And it seems like you're getting your, aren't you getting your fist covered with like gasoline flesh burn I feel like fire? you'd get a little singed at yeah. least. So Amber, <laughs> yes, Terry Crews. Oh, Terry, Terry Crews. Oh, Megan's Megan. The, she had several moments where you got the delightful Megan laughter, but there was a there were a lot of moments in the end scene where there was just yeah the there's, high there's, spirited high spirited delight laughter of the Megan. Yeah, there are two very good bits involving Terry Crews in this in this in this end scene that is just chaos and mass murder, and um. So one of them is that Terry Crews has gone on about um, this shotgun that he has that um, is some sort of high-powered shotgun and also his girlfriend, he seems to say. Um, in this, or maybe the bullets are his girlfriend. It's, yeah, maybe the it's hard to... So he shoots many girlfriends at... Anywho. Mm. Um, <laughs> Terry Crews is absent for quite a while. And, uh, and the rest of the team, the rest of the hat team is... Um, is starting to to lose because the the reinforcements of the um, military is coming in, and then we see we we see this this lovely framed stone archway from Stallone's point of view, and we see um, the army folks get blasted back. We hear the, the this shotgun going off and boom, like boom, an boom, automatic boom, shotgun. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, and. Uh, we see like four dudes just like blasted back and just this movie's bloody as shit and like just blood and guts and then you see <laughs> Terry Crews just slowly walking by this archway like just shooting his guts. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. There's something about it. it's so good. He tears through most of the military standing there. There's there's always more waiting in the wings for the rest of the the end scene, but it is it's just. Megan just laughing. It's it's <laughs> ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. And then he also uses the same gun to blow up like guard towers. Guard towers, yeah. Mm-hmm. In just a few shots, they explode. They Mass- ex- explode. And you know how shotguns are at distance. They're very good at, at exploding things at distance, Amber. Very good at exploding concrete guard towers at distance, yes. All makes perfect sense yeah and then amber and then for some reason getting to the very end for some reason i think there's guys like there's a few living people get trying to get away oh no this is when the helicopter there's a helicopter amber this is when the helicopter gets it so um for some reason stallone is trying to like pick up this missile i don't know what he's going to try to do with it himself because he can barely pick it up mm-hmm and then Terry Crews comes over and is like, what are you trying to do? Let me do it. And, and Stallone says, throw it as far as you can. <laughs> and so he's picking up a missile that's like the size of a chair. Like it's a, it is a, it is like three feet long and huge. And Terry Crews just fucking chucks it at the helicopter. And then Stallone shoots it. And so it goes off and explodes the helicopter. It is 
it is delightful and just the most wild thing. Yep. Yeah. In, in between your peals of laughter, you just shouted, Terry Crews is the missile launcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so stupid. And this was just after... So pretty much everyone is dead, but Terry Crews is still blowing shit up with his shotgun. Nobody's, he's just blowing up trucks, blowing up towers. No one's in them. No one's yeah. attacking him. And Megan is just laughing like, Terry Crews, you're just having fun now. <laughs> that's just, just for Terry. so much outrage in yes. your voice. <laughs> that's, that one's just for Terry. That one's just for Terry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, this they, is this is the 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 biggest hat crew scene, which mm -hmm. was great. Yep, it's how we know yep. what's happening, how we know who murdered who, and except we still kind of don't. And there was also a ticking clock that made oh my god no this sense. As as Stallone shows up with his team to this compound, he's like, "All right, we've got twenty minutes." And then they set all the explosives and they're running around, and then they, they it's, it's, things are happening, and then everybody's out except for Stallone. Like, what what are we supposed to do? He's like, "Okay." Give me 10 minutes to find him. Yeah. And blow the charges. Oh, so you had 30 minutes? Yeah. And then there's some other time where they talk about five more minutes. It's like he checks his watch and it's like, I think, 3.23 a.m. They have 20 minutes. What's happening happening at 3.43 a.m.? What are you talking about? What are you fucking talking about? In, I don't like, know. There's no reason to have this time limit because they like they they push against it so many times. It's not like the timers are going to go off in twenty minutes because they don't. They they have to decide to set off the timers later. It's it's nothing. They just felt like as an action trope, they have to insert a timetable thingy. I I don't disagree with you. They it is they they trigger it with a button. They can trigger the explosion at any time. In no, fact, he refuses to. to trigger the explosion to save them. Right because. Sandra's not out of the building yet. Right. So we're going to let the team die. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Sandra's not out of the building. Yeah. And they end up blowing it up when they don't, that she happens to be out of the building or they, it tosses her out of the building, whatever. Um, they still blow it up while she, they don't know that she's out of the building. I don't, I don't, I, nothing means anything. It, this is a movie where, apropos of nothing, they, ex-rogue CIA agent goes looking for Sandra, finds her art studio or possibly her house and goes to the general and says, oh, your daughter's an artist. This is how it starts. And then he walks away in a huff. And then the general turns around and says to his retreating back, not very loudly. I think it's just for him or how it ends. By the way, this is the general's played by David Zayas, who's fantastic. To me, he's always um, Angel Batista on Dexter. But like, that is that that makes no sense, huh? What's starting or what's ending? What I, I feel like you two oh, are talking about two different things, two but different... I, I honestly don't know what two different things you're talking about. And you're talking about art and his daughter, and or. What is revolution? starting and what's ending? And then, are, the, yeah, have you switched to revolution? And then it, what is, is, is... And are you talking about, like, your business partnership? Because eventually the general does turn on X-Rogue, like, gives him right. back his dirty money, pulls a sword on him. The daughter doesn't want the general to kill X-Rogue. I don't know why. He winds up getting shot by X-Rogue. There's a whole... It's a kerfuffle. It's, it's a mess. 
<laughs> but nothing makes sense. No, nobody's doing anything that makes sense. Nobody's saying anything that makes sense. Mickey no. Rourke's speech is the impetus for Stallone to go back into a hopeless situation. His team decides... Actually, no, his team does not decide to go with him. No. Jet Li decides mm-hmm. to go with him. Right. But then they get waylaid by a bunch of goons paid by ex-Rogue, including... Dolph Lundgren, yes, who they had to kick out of the team for being a junkie and crazy. And that's how you have the the big showdown fight between Lee and Lundgren. You think Stallone kills Lundgren to save Lee's life. He survives, so you see him at the end. And Lee forgives him for trying to murder him. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But it's... So you also have this whole, like, character arc of... The beginning scene is they, they take down some Somali pirates and save some some hostages by murdering all of the pirates. And that scene's actually fine. It's, it's also kind of incomprehensible mayhem in a lot of ways. And they're not wearing different hats, so it's hard to tell who's it's doing really what. really hard, yeah. I haven't figured out their hat team aesthetics yet. But it's just Lundgren is he's bad, and then or he's good, bad, then bad, then bad, then good, and... Statham's in love, and but she doesn't deserve him because she didn't wait, and Stallone's doesn't have a soul left. And Mickey Rourke definitely doesn't. His soul is gone because he let that woman kill herself. But Stallone didn't let his woman kill herself, so maybe he has a little soul left. Jet Li just wants to get paid. I don't think he got paid. And <laughs> the others are just there. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And that's the story. And that's the story. There's even a moment where Rourke is tattooing Stallone for about 30 seconds on a tattoo that seems to be finished. Right. There's, there's, <laughs> at the very end, they're playing a knife throwing game and Megan just got mad at it because they weren't actually <laughs> aiming at anything. What are they What are they hit? aiming at? They can't they're... even play darts right. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not a dartboard. It's this like a uh, uh, painted sc- like picture of a skull and it's like are you aiming for the eyes are you aiming for the nose like are you aiming for the center are you trying to like get it so like it would kill a man i don't know megan men throw knives in a manly man contest of manly man accuracy with knives and the movie ends with jason statham backing up as far as he can and throwing a knife and then you get a, 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 a face down view of the wall and a knife sticking through it the end your response to the credits starting to roll in that moment? Fucking wow. Fucking wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you said. Mm-hmm. The end of the expendables. Yeah. So Amber, what would you what would you rate this movie on the rock scale? Regrettable, outstanding, crazeballs, or K? It's hard to say. It's really, really hard to say, isn't it? Because it is crazeballs. It mm-hmm. is a hundred percent crazeballs, but it is also regrettable. It is. There's some very regrettable parts of it. Very uh, unsurprisingly regrettable parts of it. I mm-hmm. mean, when you have a testosterone-fueled machismo homage to 80s metal action movies, they're going to be a bit toxic, masculine, and misogynistic. I think this avoided a fair amount of that. Yeah, by having the women in it very rarely. Mm-hmm. And as literal motivational objects or, yeah, just, just <laughs> ways to recover the soul and humanity of these... Manly mercenary men. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Beautiful alliteration, Amber. Thank you. You're welcome. This movie is uh, poetry, and it, it brings it out in me. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing. There's nothing here. There's nothing here beyond the delight of watching the actors 
do things, watching Jet Li deliver lines. Like, after Stallone shoots Lundgren, and you you think he's dead. We think he's dead, yeah. Jet Li gets on, you know, the plane with the rest of the team to go save Sandra, and he's, he's looking worse for wear because he just had a nasty fight. And the rest of the team asks him what happens. He's like, can't talk about it. It's too sad. And he sits down. It's just, but he says it so sardonically in a way of just kind of, well, you had to shoot a guy. It's a whole sad thing. I don't know if I'm sad about it, but he's sad about it. No, I'm just, I don't want to talk about it. It's just terrible line. Very ridiculous, but also silly. It's delivered I so feel like well. He, he delivers it so perfectly. Even his dumb, the dumb lines of like, I need more money, where he keeps, and he says he has a family, and then he says he doesn't have a family. He's just cheeky as fuck. He, he, I, Jet Li is doing a lot with very little. With so little. His character doesn't get very much at all. And he does everything with it. Yeah. And like Statham had more to do than anyone else. And Statham's good at doing what they gave him to do. I don't think he necessarily shines. He just had more. He just had more. Right. Yeah. And and to be fair, the, the shit that they gave him was was upsettingly misogynistic bullshit. So I am a I'm, hero. I don't know that that actually makes me like him more in this movie. I bought you a, I, I brought you a ruby and bubbly pink drink, just like you like my my woman property. My oh, woman you property. Didn't, you didn't you, wait for me. You but haven't I, been in stasis since I left. What is this? How could you betray me? I'm a good man. See how I, I beat these people. men for you. Yeah. I can't believe you have a life without me. So yeah. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been more toxic. It could have made more sense. We know it doesn't have to. There was some delight in how truly incomprehensible it is. And I mean, it was explosions. It was actors I like to see doing silly things. They could have been used better. So it's crazy balls regrettable. Yep, absolutely. Crazy balls regrettable. You, if you enjoy bash em up explodey actions movie and you don't mind an incomprehensible plot, then this will be great. Sometimes it's just funny to laugh at. Like, what did you just say? Why did you say that? What does it have to do with anything? Why are we talking about his cauliflower ear? What is... Huh? Megan. Amber. Do you have an Abby story? Yeah. Um, the other weekend... Um, <laughs> the other weekend, uh, I was uh, I was with Abby and Maddie. And we were we were going down um, into the basement because it was, it was hot as heck outside. And... Um, we're going to out downstairs to kind of uh, the, there's kind of room to run down there and play, and so um, I was going to take them down there. And Abby did not want to go down there because you know um, I don't know four year old reasons. Um, and I said, well, Maddie and I are going to go down there, so like you can stay up in your room and play, or you can come down with us. And so she ended up coming down with us, but she was she was real grumpy about it. Um, and Maddie, Maddie loves Abby so much, and she can really tell when Matt, when um, Abby's sad. And so she's just kind of following um, Abby around, and Maddie, and oh my goodness, and Abby's being really mad about it. She's like, Maddie, leave me alone. And then it starts to be, Maddie, Maddie, don't. Maddie, I'm over here. Maddie, don't chase me. Maddie, come chase me. And it was just this like progressive thing of like, Abby was so mad. And then Maddie was so um, concerned for her. And at first, Abby couldn't let go of her madness. But then it became this game where they just chased each other around. And uh, it was adorable. So I'm mad. I'm Don't you get cute on me. Don't you? Why did you stop being cute on me? <laughs> exactly. I'm over here. 
It was yep. fun. Oh, don't don't you do that. You better keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. That's adorable. Yeah. Amber, do you have a recommendation? I do. You know, it's a, it's a little different than what I usually recommend. You know, maybe maybe slightly more specific than than what I. Well, I guess everything is specific. Watch this thing. But this is I want you to Ionian starfish. That's that's my request of you this day. What is this thing? I want you to listen to Ioni. Okay. It's an artist that I think is is gorgeous and beautiful. Uh, layered harmonies that are just beautifully transcendent. Goosebumps, spine tingles. Mm-hmm. And uh, lay on a bed in the starfish pose. Just spread those legs. Ladies especially, I want you to starfish. Okay. Just spread those legs. Let the vagina breathe. Okay. Men can do it too, but I, I just, I feel like this is more important for women to take up a lot of physical space. Mm-hmm. And then listen to Ioni. I, I recommend her her album, Iridescent. She's got some other tracks out. They're all very good. But Iridescent in particular just really showcases her vocal abilities. Uh, September is a popular song. One of my personal favorites, Me and My Light Lit Lover. Just, just gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I want you to Ioni and Starfish. Excellent. That is very specific. That's very it. specific. Mm-hmm. Megan, do you have a recommendation? Amber, you know what's good. I do not. Please tell me. English muffins. Oh, yeah, those are good. Yeah. So um, I, I love my Thomas's English muffins. They're, they're very tasty. My friend um, Liz actually got me some fancy English muffins. Do you remember the English muffins? We used to have that place in Oregon. Oh, that, uh, yeah. Store. The ones that were like made locally mm-hmm. and were in the, in the store right by our apartment. Yes. Those were the best motherfucking English muffins I had ever in my life had. I, it. The consistency that they were soft and like moist, but like not gooey moist, just not like gross. The perfect. They yeah. were like thick, but not like insane. Like it wasn't like eating a slab of oh my god. But you could toast so them good. easy. Yeah, yeah. It's like a dessert. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And they weren't even that. They weren't sweet. Oh my gosh. Damn. Yeah. Why you reminded me of something I can't have. So these English muffins that she sent me are. They rival those, although I will say they're on a slightly sweeter side of them of the of the mm. spectrum because they like they almost remind me of like being a little French toasty, like almost like eggy, oh. although that sounds gross, but like in a good way. Um, mm. So anyway, she sent me these muffins. They're delicious. Um, I, I'm never going to say anything bad about uh, Thomas's English muffins, but these are are kind of this 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 different level. Um, and so, fresh English muffins. If you can find them, there's places you can order them um, for the on the online, and uh, they're delicious. Yeah, if you want to have you know a, a next level English muffin experience, right? It's out there. It is out there. All right. Well, good work. Uh, I can't Thank wait you. to do Expendables 2 with you. And uh, goodbye. Have a good weekend this year, Megan. Thank, thank you, Amber. And I will tell you just um, uh, to to kind of say what I always say and have no. continuity in oh, these yeah. episodes. I will Very say important. to you, my friend, can't stop rock and roll. I mean, you can. You can just turn it off. If it's live, there are a lot of things you could do to stop it. Most of them probably considered acts of terror, but it'll it'll get the job done. It will stop. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, Megan. Think about how far I might be willing to go to stop something I want to stop. Think about that when you fall asleep tonight. Amber, why are your eyes glowing red? Don't worry about it, Megan. Bye, Amber. Bye, Megan. Bye, Megan.